Did you call bank? I call game. <laughs> Welcome back to Calling Bank. This week we have a huge episode. We're in the NBA Finals. We'll be speaking all about the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Miami. I can't remember the last name of the team. Doesn't, it's not really important. It doesn't matter. Miami, it is. <laughs> Just Miami, because uh, they'll be out in four. Uh, we're going to speak about the conference finals, Doc Rivers, and of course, the Tasmanian jumping jacks. Uh, we have a, two special guests with us who are really not really special guests at this point. <laughs> obviously, obviously, Will, and we have Luke and Nick with us. Uh, boys, thanks for joining us on this uh, lovely Saturday morning. Mm, good morning. Pleasure. It's good to be here, Harry. <laughs> you live here. Of course you're going to be here. Anyway, um, basketball. Conference yes. finals, Doc Rivers. Let's start off with Doc. So Doc got fired pretty much as soon as he blew his third 3-1 lead, which yep. is crazy. Two as head coach, one as Orlando as an uh, assistant. He's now been signed with the Philadelphia 76ers on a five-year deal uh, to you know, be reunited with uh, Tobias Harris and hopefully play with well with Ben Simmons and Embiid unless they trade them. What do you guys think of the Doc Rivers signing? Why don't we start with you, Luke, and we can go around, around oh, the circle. I'm not used to going first. Um, <laughs> it's a new world, Luke. I mean, I think it's interesting because, like, if you... I, I guess him getting fired from the Clippers, if I start off there, you know... There's been a lot of conversation about, like, would Kawhi and Paul George have had to condone that? And I suppose they would, which I think says quite a lot when you've just joined the team after a year to go there. I think famously uh, in Philly, Embiid and Simmons kind of aren't... Maybe there's a lot of reports about them not getting along well, obviously not Mm. playing super well together. I think it'll be really, really interesting. I I think it's also interesting that he literally got this job almost immediately after getting fired. So. Uh, I think that also speaks to the desperation of Philly, right? They know they need someone to come in who they think at least is a safe hire, and I think that's what this is. I think this is a guy that, like, he's obviously coached a long time. He's been with a lot of good players. I don't think they could look around the league and get anyone else to coach the team right now. I don't know how it'll go, but I think it's a safe decision for them. But not Dan Tony. This is what confused me. Like, Dan Tony actually has a better track record in the sense that he, he should have been in the NBA Finals with... Houston Rockets, like that game seven when they shot 0 for 27. Like, realistically, yeah. he should have been in the finals, beaten Golden State. Whereas Doc Rivers has never even made it to the conference finals in this decade. I think Luke, Luke makes a good point on this, being that this is the safe pick to not blow it up or change it radically. Yeah. So this kind of tells you the sign that Ben will be there. Joel Embiid will be there. Tobias. Tobias will be there. Al Horford, I don't know, but that's probably the least likely out of them, but I don't see them trading those three. So as a result, assume the Sixers are going to look pretty similar next year as they did this year because they went with Doc, and Doc isn't going to be a radical... Yeah, he's not not a symbol of radical change like Dan Tony was. So... I'm I'm interested. What would Dan Tony even do with Embiid? You're over six foot five. What are we doing here? <laughs> well, I mean, what does what does he do with Ben Simmons, who doesn't shoot threes? Like that is the antithesis of Dan Tony. I mean, the entire 76ers team who do not shoot threes, which is why, yeah, exactly, exactly. Look, for them, I think correct. I think it's the safest pick they could have gone for um, in Doc. And I mean, regular season record, great playoff record, just not that good honestly mm. like he just couldn't he's won one chip he had Tom Thibodeau as assistant coach that probably contributed to that as well yeah. and then in the Clippers he, he also failed. he also had a big four like mm. you know three Hall of Famers and then also Rajon Rondo <laughs> I was waiting to see him say that yeah I love Rajon but yeah but ultimately with the Clippers he failed like I, I'm sorry with that yeah. team he had he had Lob, Lob City and then this iteration and nothing yeah, I, it's, I think when they lost to the Grizzlies in 2015, I want to say, or around about that time, that's when I was like, Doc is never winning. The Houston, uh, the Houston Rockets series for me, for the Clippers, when it was with Griffin and Paul and DeAndre, when they were down, up 3-1. Yeah, Josh up Smith five, killed them. Josh Smith killed With Harden on the bench. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a, not the best signing for Philly. I, I think this is the issue with trading everything to win now is that you don't have time to actually check out a coach. I don't think Doc Rivers will be getting further than the second round of the East. They'll be lucky to get that far. This is such a poorly constructed roster. It is a safe bet. I don't think the owners are going to get in trouble. The fans are going to be like, oh, you signed Doc Rivers. But this isn't going to get you to where you want to be. Yeah. I also just think inherently the 76ers team are not... Like, we thought at the beginning of last year they're a championship team. They did not bond at all. Al Holford looked 
terrible. <laughs> Tobias Harris looked really bad. Embiid and Ben Simmons just clearly don't work together because they both need their ball in their hands in mm. the paint. It's, it's, I, I, I think it would have been better to do D'Antoni and just blow it up than try to chase a chip, eventually fail. Because also, you forget, next year, there's the Brooklyn Nets who have Katie and Kyrie and probably a third staff. Then you still have Boston that are upcoming, Miami that are going to be great, Milwaukee that will be great, Toronto that will be great, even though rest in peace, Marcus all. Mm. I just think like it's a bad move in a very top-heavy conference. Whereas like in the East, there's like eight teams you could probably still sk- like skirt through, and even though they have the better teams, it's... I mean, this is still a playoff team. Yeah. And they yeah. Still make That's not saying much in the East. Yeah, no. it's not saying much. <laughs> no. But they should they should still make it. I just I agree with Nick. I don't see them getting past the second. And year. they have with the current duration the yes. entire salary cap in those four max guys. Mm. Yeah, they like have to go fifty million dollars. They have to go into the luxury tax to have a, like a starting five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the best constructed starting five. You saw in these playoffs how important depth is. Yeah, Miami has definitely shone a, a light on that very, very bright. And no one's worried about Tobias Harris and Al Horford. Like it's, it's yeah. I think Tobias Harris is the worst contract in the league. Ooh. Well, Chris Paul originally was, but yeah, go Luke. No, 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 I was going to say, it's a good point. I'm trying to think now who's got a worse contract. It's got to be John Wall. Until he, until yeah, he comes John back and plays, I, I don't believe it. At yeah, the very least, John Wall was a great defender. He has been an all-star consistently. Tobias Harris is who he is. He's, he's good for 12 or 16 points or whatever. But you, this is why the Doc High makes the most amount of sense for me. because And also the sense that they're going to keep things together. Because Tobias's best six months was with Doc. That's the pick-and-roll game led yeah. by Tobias yeah. was great. I just don't know how that's going to work with Ben Simmons. I just don't know how it works with Joe Ellen. So maybe they trade Ben Simmons. Maybe. They've got to trade one of them. I, I mean, yeah. I personally think, I, to your point, I, I think it's interesting that this is the safe hire and you're saying, well, that they're not going to blow the team up. It would have been interesting if they'd have gone with a bit more of an experimental coach. I don't know that would have meant they would have blown it mm. up, but I do agree that at some point, the, the you know, we said it before, they've got, at least they've got two of the three worst contracts in the league, which is probably Al Horford and Tobias mm. Harris. Yeah. They do need to make some changes. Who knows who would take those on? Someone yeah. would take Simmons or Embiid, I'm sure, and they'd get something back, but... I think they'll have to pair... If they're going to... Uh, trade an Embiid or a Simmons they'll have to get rid of that Al Horford or Tobias yeah. Harris contract as well I, I also think the win now mentality that they have is is a really dumb mentality Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are young they're kids mm. they're like what 24, 25 like realistically they should just blow it up and then have five years with Doc to re-establish a team or a, like a, a coach that can essentially start from scratch there is actually no need for them to win now but Doc is not a rebuilding coach like, yes, he's but, never but then, been in a circumstance then, where he's rebuilding. But then blow up the team, get another coach, because you don't actually have to win now. You're two superstars. It's not like LeBron and AD. Mm-hmm. Well, AD's young, obviously, but LeBron's 35. Like, he's got two years max. Kawhi and, and Paul George are actually quite old. I mean, they're 30. 30, yeah. which, is, which is, that's more will win now. When you're 25, it's not as win now. Mm. now. They've got like five years. Yeah. And especially if you're going to win now. Don't do it with Al Horford and Tobias <laughs> Harris. Like, Tobias Harris is a good player if yeah. he's on $6 million a year or whatever, not on $30 million a year. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's interesting too, though, because obviously we're going to get to the heat with Jimmy Butler and all that. But I think it becomes more and more obvious every day that he wanted to leave there and that that put them into a situation where they were going to lose Butler. They kind of signed Harris because it was like, well, we didn't have to choose between the two now because one doesn't want to be here. But they essentially paid mm. Tobias Harris a Jimmy Butler kind of contract yeah, yeah. and it looks more and more like that every day whereas at the time if you remember obviously a year ago it looked okay it was it was really a toss up between are we going to take Jimmy are we going to yeah. take Tobias yeah. uh, and that contract is, as you said Stotty looks worse every yeah. single day hindsight yeah. is very unfortunate but it does lead us into the Miami Heat so let's speak about the conference finals before we get into Good the, segue, the big juicy <laughs> bit so let's maybe spend 10 seconds on Lakers Nuggets and then we can speak <laughs> properly about the Heat and Boston so Lakers Nuggets Everyone's like, oh, 3-1, oh, they're going to lose, oh, no. And then LeBron was like, no, no, I don't think you understand. I don't care. Yeah. And then in that game five was just like, I'm just going to win. And they were like, at the end of the game, like Anthony Davis was a little bit happy, but LeBron was like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Like this was, this is the West. We didn't have to play the Clippers. We're not going to have to play the Bucks. We're playing the Heat now. Until we win a chip, who cares? I just think Denver just had, they had no chance against the Lakers at all. 
And that was despite Jamal Murray hitting some insane shots. He was so good yep. in this series. Jokic, although he still had a good series, but did seem to be really stifled by Howard, JaVale McGee, Anthony Davis, even Markeith Morris. Like, I think the Lakers matched up with them really well, even though Jamal went crazy. And there was just no other pieces besides Jeremy Grant, who I think now was one of the best off-season signings. He was yep. fantastic. Isn't he up? His contract's up this year, right? Yeah, I think it was just one year. I think no, they've, they've, got, they've, the got, the team, they've yeah. got a team option. Th- no, sorry, it's a player <laughs> option. Player if player Jeremy option. Grant comes to the Lakers, it's all over next year. I, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and assume Jeremy, Jeremy Grant's not going to opt into $6 million a year and yeah. take a five-year $150 mil or whatever. Well, I don't think he's worth, worth that much. <laughs> buy, buy Harris deal. <laughs> the, the Kings are out there. They'll throw a bad contract oh. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, they can't even afford it because they're going to keep their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, Harrison Barnes. The Lakers did such a good job of getting Murray and Jokic off the court. So that, that game two where Jamal Murray played all but four minutes and the Nuggets got outscored by 14 points in a yeah. game they lost yeah. by one point. Yeah. Just, that's it. Like the mm. Back to depth. Yeah. The Nuggets don't have the depth when Jokic and Murray are off the court. I mean, for me, um, Mike Malone, the biggest error that I think he had was his lack of trust in MPJ. Because Michael Porter Jr., for me, offensively, I know defensively the people talk about it, but when you've got Murray struggling or when you've got Murray off the court, Porter Jr. is that offensive plug that should be there and should be getting a bit more minutes. And I think he wasn't given enough leeway to do so. I think he's there's parts of him that parallel Enos Cantor. Very, very <laughs> different. That's, very, that, no one wants to ever very, have that Very, very different in the sense that uh, Michael Paul Jr. can create his own shot. Um, he's actually really good offensively anywhere on the court. But like Enos Kanter, like he's such a defensive sieve. Literally every play, LeBron was like, all right, let's do a switch so I have Michael Porter Jr. And it's exactly what's happening in this series against Miami, where they're like, all right, let me switch with... So I, that Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson yeah. are guarding me. And then he's like, cool, I can do whatever I want. I think that's the real issue. Like in a playoffs, it is so obvious when that happens because the best player on the other team is just going to find them. And even if they're giving them the offense on the other side, offense can generally be a bit streaky, especially with someone that's like a knockdown shooter. It's either, you know, it's not necessarily always going to go in. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're driving on him on defense and then it essentially opens up the entire paint, which is what happened, like it wouldn't surprise me though if this series went to six or seven had AD not hit that shot yes because yes. I think that they're 100% correct in the sense that I, I know we don't know what actually would have happened in game three but Nuggets were the better side in game three and they were arguably the better side in game two having made that comeback and then being up the fact that AD won it changed that whole series but, that shot changed but that's it. exactly the same as the 76ers versus Toronto in game seven sorry it's, it's so, oh, uh, yes. last year. That's what I'm saying, last year. I'm saying last year. Okay, so. That shot, realistically, would have just meant that Philly probably would have been in the finals. They would have gone swept by Golden State Warriors. Like, obviously, buzzer beaters is what makes the, the game. Sure, but, like, it, I mean, to your point on, on Mike Malone's coaching, things like you can't account for, like, a terrible defensive switch, which yeah. is, you know, an imagined uh, screen Mason and probably. then just leaving Anthony Davis live up. Like, you can't account for that kind of thing. So I think they're, look, I think they're still a very good team. I thought it was a, a decent-ish series, considering they played back-to-back seven-game series. Yeah. Yep. And to your point, it really is Jamal Murray, Jokic. I mean, guys like Gary Harris, I still think it's super disappointing. Monday Morris on the bench is pretty nice, but, like, they didn't have the depth. Again, coming back to that same thing, if you're going to play seven-game series, if you're going to rely on going down 3-1 and then winning, you need some really, really good guys. Well, I think they could be dangerous in the West in the future in the sense that they got Michael Porter Jr., who really only started shining in the bubble this year and is a rookie. Then you've got Bol Bol, who no one's talking about. And I, would, I know. He did play three are. minutes in We're game one. We're talking about it on this podcast. I'm talking about Bol Bol right now. <laughs> Trust me on this. Next year, Bol Bol will be their backup centre over Plumley. They'll let Plumley go. They'll play yeah, Bol Bol. So what I'm saying is they've got a couple of good young players that I think will grow and develop with that team. If they can keep hold of Grant, probably use the Millsap money for something else, mm. they could be Millsap's man. done anyway. Yes. I think they also have the benefit of being in the West where it's not as easy to think you can get to the finals as the East. So yeah. they don't have to go and win now mode. They can try and recruit intelligently. Yeah. Well, and build for maybe being in the finals in three or four years rather yeah. than right now. I could see that happen. So two things on that. Keep in mind they didn't have Will Barton this season who mm-hmm. most of the time last year was their third option and mm-hmm. although streaky, I think is a very, very good veteran presence in that team. He wasn't even in the bubble. Their team is also predominantly under 25. Yeah. I think they've got three players over 25. Like Jokic is still, I think, 25. Yep. So I think it's Millsap, 
uh, Will Barton and there's one other maybe it's Mason Plumley who are over 25 everyone else is under like yeah. they have the perfect setup to be good for the next five years and they essentially did what Portland did last year which is got a good run I mean obviously the upset against the Clippers was insane but no one expected them in the in the finals yep. um, and then they lost to the better team like quite simply yep. the problem for them though is is that second round last year you know conference finals this year mm. they'll be aiming NBA finals the year after that yeah. it's going to be very difficult for them mm. yeah of course so I'm like how you make sure that this roster doesn't get you know off track when your next thing is like how do we keep on getting there I, I mean I just don't see them in the NBA finals when the Clippers and the Lakers are still as they are realistically you need LeBron to yeah. retire yeah and the thing that did make me upset is I really did want to see Clippers versus Lakers I'm very happy that Lakers beat the, the Nuggets very easily but it would have been great I think for basketball in general, it's what everyone wanted to see Lakers versus Clippers and then see one of them against the Bucks. You want the best teams at the end of the day. You don't necessarily want a Miami versus Lakers, realistically. Which takes us to Miami versus Boston. So this series at the beginning, we all had no idea. We thought Miami was going to win, but we weren't sure how many games, maybe six, maybe seven. In the end, it turned out to be not as close as expected mm. because... Boston Celtics went back to year five and forgot how to play against a zone. <laughs> and the zone was like, oh, what, what, what do I do? I can't drive through the, oh, I can drive through the middle. Ah. If I drive through the middle, no one's there. It sounds so simple, Harris. It should be really simple, but it was not for some reason. Um, what did we take away from the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics series? Nick, why don't you start off? For us. If there are any listeners with small children, I would suggest start covering their ears. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Seeing Marcus Smart shoot so many jump shots took me back to a time where the Pistons had Andre Drummond at centre. Oh, yes. <laughs> Greg Monroe at four. Oh, Greg And Monroe. Josh Smith at three. <laughs> Josh Smith as a, as a small forward. Anyway, and as a fan, if Josh Smith hit his first couple of threes, you were really upset because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm so streaked, but I'm on tonight. And he would go two for two for the first shot and then miss the next 10. Yep. That was Marcus Smart. He had a great first shot, um, first half the other day shooting, and then he was so bad. Like, it wasn't even, you know, five seconds on the shot clock. I'm just going to have to heave it up. It was like 18 seconds. I'm just going to catch and shoot. Hmm. And he wasn't even open. It's not like um, Lou Dort, where it's like the team's just daring you to shoot. Yeah. He can pass it, but he's just shooting. It was terrible. So he took 22 shots. He was 4 of 13 from 3. He took the second most shots, took more shots than Jalen Brown and Kemba, who are known as knockdown shooters, um, and also more than Gordon Hayward. The only person that took more shots was Jason Tatum, who arguably is the best player on that team. Mm. Yes. Yep. I agree. So, I I mean... I I, kind of thought that um, my main takeaways were obviously Hayward's off contract thank god Mm. Um, he got a lot of minutes late in the series and people were like he's been talking about this for years he's going to be the game changer when he's fit when he's back he's going to change it okay he is he is way past that contract uh, and as a player the other thing that was huge we've obviously talked about some bad contracts on here but Kemba Walker in the playoffs the reason that Marcus Smart is taking so many shots is he was unreliable literally the entire playoffs like not just this series the whole way through and he looked pretty good in the regular season I do not know what happened in the bubble I reckon it was the pressure of of, like keep in mind Ken has been in Charlotte so he's made the the playoffs once Mm. he made first round and then bye he has never had experience this Celtics team has been in the conference finals the past four years three out of four besides last year and that was only because Kyrie was on the team <laughs> so you know like realistically and and in saying that like Terry it's, it's when you don't you're not expecting anything when Terry Rozier was you know their starting point guard for that series in 2017 or whatever it was 2018 yeah 2017 2018 oh it was Isaiah Thomas first like people don't expect stuff from them whereas Kemba there was a lot of expectation on him when realistically there should have been more of a focus on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who are the entire Celtics team. Yeah. So my take is, as much as I agree, Marcus Martin, game six, I'm, I'm not sure what, what occurred there. But uh, <laughs> my takeaway for this is that at the start of the year, we all said one thing about the Celtics. We said, great, one to four, fantastic. Haywood even off the bench, if that's where he's going to play, or smart, great. Two things. One, no center. Two, not much depth. And you know what? That's what hurt them in this series because at the end of the day, no one could defend Bam. No one could match Bam. And that's what killed them because Thais, he was great the previous two series mm. against an aging Marcus Gasol and <laughs> I don't know who they played, 76ers. I mean, like, 
Joel, I mean, Joel had his way with ice as well, to be honest. But it didn't but, matter because they had no one else. Correct. So you have an unreliable centre position, whereas Cantor, Thais, Williams, who's undersized, like really no centre. And you've got a bench that's full of rookies that, again, relatively unproven. So for me, to take away from it is... Everything that we thought about the Celtics came true in the end. That's what hurt them. What they really need to do in this offseason is package a trade, get someone to play that center position who is a actually league average or above average starting center, and also build your depth up. Because at the end of the day, I know salary cap is a bit of an issue for them, but they need better depth. They've got a lot of picks in the draft, don't they? Yeah, yeah they they've do. They've got a lot of first-round picks. So I would have said either they can package a trade for a center for those or take all the picks and that's the depth. Yep. So... I also think they have an extra $30 million from because Haywood. It's a, it's a player, player option. He's going to well, exercise. I'm going to take a case. wild guess. It's a player option. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Haywood, Haywood's coming back, but it depends on whether they trade him. They'll tra- If he comes back, they trade him. To like he doesn't. Indiana. Indiana. Miles Turner. Miles Turner Miles on the Celtics yeah. has been my call for the last six, <laughs> six to 12 months. That's Miles a Turner good, on, the, on, on, the, on, on the Celtics is a could send them into the conference finals at least, mm. or even beyond. But like, I think point, that's a great pickup for them. To your point as well, regarding depth, most of the games the Celtics had a lead at the end of the third quarter, mm. and then they just had tired legs and they couldn't. Like They were looking like they were going to win game four, and then Miami went on like a 20-0 run or something. Mm. They were terrible in the fourth. And Kemba just sucks on defense. They can target him. Yeah. Mm. And that's, I think that's the difference we'll, we'll talk about later in the Heat series, is that... Um, Miami can't target any of the Lakers players like they did in that um, Boston series against Smart. Um, yeah, it's Walker. It's true because even Kuzma, who I would say is probably one of our weakest defensive players, has actually stepped up his defense a lot this year. Like he had he had a steal, I think, once this season. It was insane. Um, but just to the point of the center, so Miles Turner is your pick. What do you guys reckon is the most probable center they get? Because also and- Andre Drummond has been on the cards for the Celtics for the past three years. It feels like. Mm. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, maybe they could trade for Julius Randle from the Knicks. I, I, <laughs> I really, I really don't know. I, I think that almost not anybody. That's that's unfair to say. But um, we're going to get onto this later with the Lakers. But you've seen like a, in the absence of Golden State this year, there's been a return to a focus on. Yes. Actually, if we do have a taller team, it's still a game of height basketball in a lot of ways. Like if we have a bigger team, we can probably win. So I think anyone who's over like six nine would mm. be a would be a plus for them. I really don't yes. think it matters as much as just having a bigger body. Yeah, I think Boston's too smart to get Drummond. Like, as, as a as a long-suffering Pistons fan, I can tell you, he's not built for the modern NBA. No. But uh, they could throw some money at Jeremy Grant. That'd be spicy. Mm. Uh, but I mean, again, unless he's going to play centre for he them, has, I don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like except for Joel Embiid, who are you really worried about? Like Sabonis is a good player, but Jeremy Grant, Giannis, Bam, Joel Embiid, Jokic. But those aren't big, like, like Jeremy yeah. Grant can hang yeah, with... Yeah, I guess so. Jeremy Grant can hang with Giannis, I reckon. Better than Andre Drummond, at least. Yes. I, I think Miles Turner does make the most sense. Also, in terms of, like, Indiana for years has been looking, do we get rid of Sabonis? Do we get rid of Miles Turner? Like, this is a perfect opportunity. Realistically, if they get a Gordon Hayward, that's fine for them. Indiana are not going anywhere anytime soon. If I was them, I would package picks. and Or, if they don't want to package any of their picks, Stephen Adams for Gordon Hayward. Yeah, or for the memes, you can package Tucker Fall and be like, okay, we're going to get your engagement up with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually do like Steven Adams as a trade. I think he would fit perfectly in this team. He doesn't really need the ball in his hands. He can defend a bit. He's pretty good in the paint. I actually They're think both on bad good. contracts. I mean, he's on 25 mil, Hayward's on 30. Like, split the difference. They get someone else from Yeah, yeah but you've already got Gallo in the OKC. No, he's, he's coming up as well. His contract's up. His contract's oh, okay. up. And I'm sure that's not a player option. That's I'm not, pretty sure it's that's not. not. Okay, thank well, you. Well, he, yeah, he won't get that. re-signed for that amount. Maybe Atlanta will pay him like you know, 40 <laughs> mil. Yeah. I think what makes Bam special though is that because he can switch so well, mm-hmm. that unlocks a lot of Miami's defense. Steven Adams, Drummond or whatever. You saw it in game one against uh, Miami. Like, Dwight Howard could not switch on to um, uh, Slovenian guy. Dragic. Yeah. Um, I, I agree about the switchability. I mean, we can get onto the Miami Lakers series on it. But what I was going to say is any of these bigs, the, the reason Lakers have been so successful is it's just constant barrage of bigs that you have to fight against. And it's also foul trouble. 
realistically mm. like a lot of these teams and this is what happened with Jokic quite a bit is like and also Paul Millsap when you're driving the lane consistently instead of taking these disgusting jumpers that the Celtics are taking often contested like if you're going in the paint you're generally going to get fouled mm. unless it's a really good defender um and that is a funny point in terms of that as well, because like there was complaints in the Lakers Denver series, and after Game Four, they actually had the same amount of free throws after both individually making complaints about the lack of th- free throws. Yeah. So that was a bit stupid. Um, but we haven't spoken about Miami, and maybe that's a good segue into these finals as well. Um, Miami Heat have not necessarily surprised everyone, but shown like the true Pat Riley team. And a lot of people thought that they paralleled the Detroit Pistons of 04 in the sense they're a scrappy team led by Jimmy Butler, who has now made his name as the leader you don't necessarily want, but the leader you need. Um, <laughs> and showed that like he was the reason why 76ers were as good as they were. Surrounded by Jay Crowder, who's learned how to shoot. Uh, Dragic, who has always been fantastic, but riddled with injuries, as we've seen. Bam Adebayo, who really should have won most improved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, just a, a bench of three and D players. Um, Maybe not so much D. Definitely three, though. <laughs> although, <laughs> although not much three with Iguodala either. So no, sure. he's more. He's more the I'm just here for veteran yeah. presence. Three or D. And that's, also, that's what they called the Udonis Haslam contract, Harry. <laughs> so I thought that was the Solomon Hill contract, <laughs> but then Solomon Hill got minutes, yeah. and I saw him on the TV. And I was like, Who is that? Who, who man? is that man? He does look very scruffy, but he played like. A, a, a decent amount of minutes I think it was like I'll get the exact amount I think it was like 4 or 5 18 holy shit that's a lot of minutes for you to, for Udonis Haslam and by that I mean Solomon Hill they're interchangeable <laughs> it's I funny. did like how the camera pan to Udonis Haslam they're like he know he doesn't play but he's, there for he's the veteran, on the team he's on yeah. the team for it's, his veteran presence it's like when Jared Dudley gets yes. minutes you're like I, I understand you're on the team but but why? Jared Dudley's for the memes. That's not that's mm. not a Udonis Hasen thing. Yeah, when the camera, no, that's true. When he's, the camera pans onto Myers Leonard. Oh yeah. And every play is just cupping <laughs> his hands. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so Miami Lakers. We've had one game in the series so far. We've got another there's probably the second game would have been finished by the time you hear this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first game, first quarter, really good. Really good basketball. Uh there was a, a streakiness by Miami. They were hitting all their shots. The Lakers come back. They end up winning the quarter after being down like 14. Um, and then from that point on, the rest of the game was pretty, pretty shit, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Um, I think sure it was 44, 43 at one point. But it was very was, close. And then that was it. And then and the then rest of the game the was, of it was... It was, it was when um, Jimmy Butler tweaked his ankle. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the run happened. Jimmy, of course, came back into the game. But Dragic was out at halftime. Adebayo was out by midway through the third. Mm. Um, I don't know. What, what did you guys think of the, the first game? Is there any chance for Miami in this series? No. Okay. Not, not well, really. <laughs> well, I think because Dragic had such a good first quarter. like that, When Miami got out to that 23-10 lead, I think it was. Yep. It was when he was just punishing Dwight on the pick and rolls. And because, as I was saying before, Dwight can't really switch. Um, the, the turning point in that first quarter was when they took Bam and Dwight off the court and then they had some spacing for AD to, to dominate. Um, and also Dwight provides no spacing, obviously. Uh, but the, the Heat's zone works so well against Boston when they're only a wing threat and you can just put Tyler Hero and stuff at the bottom. But against the, the Lakers, you can't do that. You, there's nowhere to hide for Hero and Robinson because yep. you put them down low, AD's going to be there. You put them up the top, LeBron's going to be there. Mm. So they had to play man, then LeBron can switch on to Hero, and it's just game over. Yep. Yeah, I think the issue as well is Lakers will go to that small ball. It's exactly what we did against Houston. It's originally we started with that big lineup and then Markeith Morris started because like the Lakers actually don't necessarily need a, a solid center because they've got AD to mark Bam if really need be, or mm. LeBron for that matter, or Markeith Morris. Um, so I just feel like this game, like it's very very high probability that when Bam actually does play again, and please let it be game three, um, they'll just go small ball and then that's it. Like, Lakers still have the advantage in that sense. Mm. I mean, it's like, like I was saying before, they have guys who are both big and skillful. There's not a lot of other teams that have guys, you can say that, obviously you can say that with Bam, but like, to your point, Amaki Morris, Anthony Davis, LeBron, they can make shots, they can get in the paint, like, there is... I mean, it's hard for any team to match up against that, right? But mm. they just... 
there is no answer for it. Exactly the point Stotsy was making. You can't put anyone on those guys. You can't stop them from scoring. And again, if you then if those guys get tired, you bring them out. You've still got Dwight or Javale, and just the size is kind of overwhelming at some point. Yeah. Um, and I think that point came after like you know <laughs> one quarter, basically. It's it for me in this series. It comes down to Miami shooting. Um, and the Lakers shooting because at the end of the day I mean it sounds, it sounds kind of dumb in the sense that it's basketball of course it comes down to shooting but jump shooting is, is the key because you know coming into the playoff series I know the eight games before then Lakers were the worst three point shooting team Miami is one of the best mm-hmm. Miami's threes need to stick they need to shoot really really well and the Lakers need to start shooting poorly for Miami to have any kind of chance on the, on the jump shooting side of this because matchup wise as we said, talent-wise, it's not really as much of a contest. Like, the Denver Nuggets are a better talent-wise team than the Miami Heat with a Butler and Ben. Same as Boston Celtics are a better talent-wise team than yes. Miami in a lot of ways. I think you can't have Duncan Robinson going for zero points, zero of three. Yep. Um, the Lakers as well shot lights out in the first half from mm-hmm. three, and then they got brought back down to earth. They ended up with about 39% from three, which is still better than their average. But for me, it actually isn't the three-point shooting. It is the defense. Mm. The Lakers' defense, and like... Jeez, oh, Alex Caruso is good. As much as he's a meme, like there were plays where he just ripped the ball, and it happened with KCP where he got his blocks and rips the ball out. Rajon Rondo, who never plays defense and then has been playing incredible defense, and Alex Caruso and Danny Green, the four of them. I'm not even talking about Markeith Morris, who's also a phenomenal defender, and AD, who was runner-up defensive player of the year, and LeBron when he switches on. He literally guarded Jamal Murray and held him to no points in the yeah. last three minutes That's of right. game five, I think it was. Uh, or maybe it was game four, but I just think like even if their shots don't go, go down, like they don't, Lakers don't need to score 116 points to win. They could win on 100 points and they would just get stops with their defense. And I think for me, in this finals run, especially in the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers defense has been phenomenal. And like that's why Vogel was brought in as well. He's defensive first. Um, but I just, if the Lakers play this type of defense for another year, I think they could even go back to back. Let's 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 let them win this first one. I, I think let I them think. win this first one, Harry. Let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But look, they could lose today, and then everything we've said is yeah. an absolute waste. But I mean, like f- to that point, without Dragic, I think it's very very difficult for Miami. And to, without Bam, ignoring Bam for a second, because I think Bam's going to come back. I don't know if yeah. Dragic will. If Dragic is out for the whole series, I mean, it's, it's over, in my mm. sense, because it's a big enough drop-off for Kendrick Nunn, and if you're not going with Nunn and you're going with the hero Robinson kind of look, I mean, defensively, you're yeah. just getting killed. And, and that's assuming Butler's playing and Bam's playing and Crowder's playing or Iggy. Like, defensively, you're just getting killed. And all those wings you were talking about, they can switch on to Bam Adebayo and it's not the end of the world obviously he'll get offensive rebounds and stuff but that means that all of the action that Miami's throwing in offense mm. you can kind of nullify by switching everyone mm. you can't really do it with Dwight on the floor yeah and I think the the like um, grit and grind way that Miami plays it works really well but not against another grit and grind team and Lakers are very much uh, when they you know actually turn up um, they're, they're very locked in um, just an interesting stat so this game is the lowest rated game game one was the lowest rated finals game since 1994 it averaged 4.1 rating uh, at 7.41 million viewers um, which is pretty much the same as the masked singer Good in the US <laughs> yep um was that that was Bulls v Son? Was that the Bulls? Ninety four was uh, Rockets. Yeah, it was the Rockets. Yeah, which no one cares about. And I think with this series as well, no one cares about. Realistically, it's yeah. not an interesting series if Dragic and Adebayo are injured. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in terms of TV ratings, there's a. I mean, the fact as well that you've crossed into football season in the US. I think yeah. people are kind of switched off in the same way as you know as they would be in Australia when you crossed into seasons, but. I take your point. I don't think people care. I think it, if this was being played uh, in stadiums, there's a nice thing about a Miami-LA matchup. It's like two big cities, yeah. two different... Co- like it, That's nice, but obviously in the bubble. I also think there's a bit of an element of like maybe fatigue with the bubble almost, yeah. where it is like literally when you turn on the TV, you're looking at the same thing yeah, all the time. Yes. It is actually harder to watch. Yeah. I, have, I have felt that. Um, I also think at the end of the day, like you think about Monday night's game. So Monday's game, which is Sunday night in America, 
is exactly the same as it's pretty much the same time as NFL Red Zone. Yeah. They will probably get the least viewers ever to an NBA Finals mm-hmm. game for mm-hmm. Game 3, which arguably is a pivotal game in the mm-hmm. series, especially if Lakers win Game 2 today. Yeah. But they will get the least viewers. Um, predictions? Before Game 2? I think it's got to be Lakers in 5. Lakers in 5. But that's generous. That's saying that Adebayo comes back. sweep. Yeah. If, if they were healthy, I would have said Lakers in six. But yeah. if there's no Dragic and Adebayo, I reckon it'll be a sweep. Yeah. Wow. I think... Sorry, just on that. I think Dragic as well has proven his, his valuable-ness. I mean, everyone knew that, everyone knew that he, was, he was good. And I think we saw that when they made the finals last time, two years ago. Like, Dragic was a very important factor of that. Mm. Like, him and Dwayne Wade. Even though Dragic was coming off the bench. Um, I just think, like, without Dragic, they're screwed. Mm. And Kendrick Nunn as well is less of a playmaker. Yeah. He sucks on defense and Dragic gets in there, then he looks for a pass. Then that's how Jay Crowder gets those open threes. He you know collapses the defense, kicks it out. Kendrick Nunn's just gonna have a green light to shoot. It feels like yeah. a million years since Kendrick Nunn was like in the rookie of the year yes. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That was like Seriously. five years ago. He's not even like, he wasn't even getting minutes. It's yeah. it's insane to think that. Yeah, he did shoot eight of eleven though for eighteen points. Mm. Was very efficient. He's not bad. Eight. With the game at thirty points. <laughs> yeah, yeah it makes a difference. Um I probably agree with you. I'd say. I mean, last the last time I was trying to be bold to say Lakers in four against the Nuggets, and I mean, almost. close. Almost, I was close. I think this time around, I will say Lakers in five, but I have a feeling it could be a sweep, which would be the worst. What do you think, Luke? Yeah, I, I think four or five. I, I mean, if it goes any longer than that, there's been a. I think the other thing to keep in mind has been some quite interesting conversations on. Um, all the various US like sports talk media things about LeBron's legacy and if it ends in four it's too easy but if it goes to six it's it's like he's you know Lechoke or whatever but like five is the nice number five is probably yeah. the nice number from yeah. a legacy point of view too where it's like people will look back and say like oh I guess I guess the Heat weren't terrible right but I know that's not the kind of element that he'd be thinking of here but there is that is the that's the only storyline of interest to me is LeBron winning a fourth ring with a third different team yeah. Um, outside of that, I got to say, on a personal level, like I have Game Pass, I watch the games, but I'm not, I'm not super engaged in this no. series. So, two questions from there: Who is Finals MVP? And the second question to think about as well: Does this season come with an asterisk? Let's start mm-hmm. off with Finals MVP because I think it's easier. There's two options: It's AD or LeBron. <laughs> realistically, I was going to go for KCP, so I don't know. Who? <laughs> Actually, he did have a nice block in Game One. There you go. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it has to be LeBron. Although AD will probably be the leading scorer in this series, LeBron's aver- going to average a triple-double. He essentially orchestrates the entire team. While AD can make his own shots, LeBron is LeBron. Is LeBron. The NBA is full of narratives. And at the end of the day, the narrative of LeBron getting finals MVP is going to be too compelling for them not to. But honestly, I personally think if the Lakers are going to win in four or five, it's going to be because of AD rather than LeBron. I would give it to AD, but I think the narrative, which the NBA loves, will give it to LeBron. I agree. And also, these voters probably are going to be ignoring defense. It's so much more visible seeing offense. And what AD is doing on defense is like a cheat code. Yeah, Especially nuts. when you're going, you know, inverted commas, small ball. Mm. To have a seven-footer just blocking everything is insane. But I agree. I think AD probably deserves to be there. Mm. That being said, um, if Rondo's not on the court with AD, he yeah. struggles so much to get good looks and good baskets. He kind of needs to be spoon-fed a little bit. Then he'll just... Um, do his thing yeah LeBron doesn't need anyone as long as you know someone can shoot decently well he can beat an entire team by himself I still think if AD's out Lakers would still win but if LeBron's out Lakers would not win and I think we saw that during the regular season as yep. well like when LeBron is out Lakers are screwed as much as AD he, couldn't, he can't run his own team whereas we know historically LeBron can 2018 was a perfect example of that um, on that as well I think that um in terms of narrative, you look at the narrative of 2015, Steph Curry should have been finals MVP if you do that narrative scope, but Iggy got it, right? So there is scope to say that maybe AD will get it purely because he, if he is the best player on the floor, but I still think a 35-year-old LeBron James leading the entire team is... It's too compelling. There was an argument in 2015 that LeBron should have been the finals MVP. He should have been. Because he should have. It was a real Warriors team effort. I don't know how Delavadova didn't get finals MVP. True. The real G-O-A-T. Yeah, Yeah, no. Well, that's Danny Green's going to win finals MVP finding out in threes. um, (laughs) Hey, he hit three of them last game. That's what I mean. He's he's turning up in the big game. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm not interested. But yeah, I I think to your points, I think that all makes sense. I think either one wins. I think for, again, from a LeBron legacy point of view, it's important that he wins 
finals MVP, so that people don't say you were carried by AD. Yep. Irrespective of that, they carry each other. They're two great players yep. on a great team. It doesn't it's matter who's five. one or two. Exactly. Yep. You've got two great players. It doesn't really matter. It's only for the, the punditry to care about who's played better in the series. And they're they're, great series. Or they both will have great series. They're going to change the goalposts as well. They're, they're always saying, look, come back to me when LeBron gets six rings. Yeah. If he gets six rings, which isn't out of the question, I reckon they'll go back to back, but I don't know about the year after that. Mm. Um, even if they get six rings, there'll be something else. Like, oh, yeah. oh but you know. He you lost so many times. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. always going to be something. And that's the point. If he wins finals MVP, what argument can you make to say that he didn't, like, he didn't have to play the Clippers... It's not his fault. It's not his yeah, fault. That's not him. Like that's not on him. He just beat the teams that were in front of him. He probably is the best. Or he's, they're, they're like A and one A. Him and AD. Yeah. I, I don't really see there's like an obvious winner. Um, but it yeah. only matters for that point of view. To be fair, I think if someone's listening this deep into the podcast, they're probably an intelligent basketball fan, um, and they wouldn't yeah. have bought into that kind of stuff. Only like Skip Bayless and those <laughs> Skip kind of people. Skip, Skip does listen to the pod. Oh, okay. We spoke to him last Ask time him. we were in the states. <laughs> Great guy. Yeah. Um, and the other question is, does this season come with an asterisk? For me, I don't think it does. Because realistically, in any season, there could be upsets. Yeah, the bubble is different. But the bubble actually favours team who are younger. Opposed to, like, the veterans teams, they know what's up. Like, you're looking at a Lakers team who everyone's, what, 45? Maybe 70? Um, and realistically, have been, most of them have been to the finals. Um, and most of them know how to play under pressure. Whereas, like, Tyler Hero probably wouldn't be playing as well as he, as he currently is in a crowded Staples arena or in, a, in, a, in, the, in the garden in Boston. Yep. Um, does this season come with an asterisk because of the bubble? Keep in mind, the Lakers are with, also without Avery Bradley, who's their starting shooting guard. Uh, should it come with an asterisk? No, because it's not the Lakers' fault that the Bucks and the um, Clippers shut the bed. Yeah. Yes. Will it come with an asterisk? For some people, yes. But you can't win them all. Like, these are people who are just going to just make dumb mistakes mm. and... Who cares about them? Uh, I mean, like the teams that ended up with, like, it, like the teams that ended up where they were, like the Lakers ended up in the finals. Was that a surprise? No, because that, that was within the realm of possibility. Heat making it, I kind of agree with you, Harry. That might come with a well, if the Bucks had home court advantage, and maybe it makes a difference. Or as you were saying, I think the shooters who are younger play better in the bubble than they would have in a kind of finals hostile crowd environment. At the end of the day, though, no. Uh, like it's it's a tough for them any team to win in that kind of environment in the bubble playing every second game it's still very hard so well done to the Lakers if they do end up winning with Miami it, it's just a normal championship for me yeah I, I don't think I think there's an asterisk in the sense that it's not a normal season right you can't yeah. view it and say like oh it, they're a champion like every other there's pros and cons the, the pros are obviously you don't have to go um, you don't have to go away from home so if you're the team with the worst record there's there's a certain advantage to that of not having to play you know four games away mm-hmm. um, I think on the other side I was looking the other day LeBron apparently I, something I saw on Twitter has played like 15 to 20 days of Madden 21 while he's been in the bubble <laughs> like he's yeah. just been pumping the Xbox and I think like obviously it's easier for the younger guys maybe, but it's also harder for the, the guys who've got uh, partners or families There there is all of these different mm. things that impact them in, in really different ways and it's my point is they almost net out to be it's just impossible to say whether it's easier or harder to go on the road it's always going to be harder to play away but I think when like guys like Scotty Pippen or whatever come out and say like oh well it's not the same because I don't have to travel and and there's an element of that but I think you're always going to get guys who played 20 years ago saying the game is easier now and this mm. is just another iteration of the game being easier than it was yeah. in the 90s or whatever. They're also playing at 9 o'clock at night. I hate to say <laughs> it, that is not easier. Like, a lot of these guys, like, the coaches get home at 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. No part of this is, like, if you're travelling, sure, there's time differences, but you're in there for two games, so you've got a bit of time to acclimatise. They're playing at 9 o'clock pretty much every night so that West Coast can watch it. And in terms of, like, upsets this series, the only real upset, I think, in the playoffs was the Clippers. Realistically, Miami won two regular season games against the Bucks. They're the only team to do it in the thing, in the in the in the league. From my point of view, I always thought Miami had a chance, and I, I said on previous pods that I thought Miami could be like if there was a team to beat the Bucks, it was Miami. So I think in terms of like teams that should have made the finals, yeah, it should have been the Bucks. But Miami's not a huge surprise, and it should have been the Lakers. So essentially, the season ends really how it should have anyway. It's not mm. that huge a surprise. Mm. It's not like Detroit finally made it and then won. No offense, Nick. Yeah. Or or that Atlanta made it in, or any yeah. of the other teams. The only asterisk I put on the Heat is that they got the equivalent of a training camp to integrate Crowder and Iguodala into yeah. the team. 
And I don't think they would have been as successful in the playoffs if it was a regular season and you had back to backs, and then it's just playoff time. That's the only thing. And and the Bucks, they they didn't look that good in the in the bubble. They struggled the entire time. So no, they looked terrible in the bubble. Mm. Um, but also the Lakers looked terrible for the first eight games anyway in the bubble. But I but the Lakers were the, one of the best teams in the league before the bubble. Kind of the bubble. I know. So you can't you can't blame them for that. Um, all right, let's let's head on to. Uh, I know this is not what we normally do, but we're going to speak a bit of NBL action. That's true. There's a basketball yeah, like, league in Australia. I know this is a surprise to everyone, but there is a new team in the NBL. It is Tasmania, and they had a choice of uh, two names. The final two it was Tridents, the Tasmanian Tridents, or the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Um, and guys, we all know the answer to to what the outcome was. Uh, of course, they decided just to fold the team and realize that no one would ever want to play for either of those names. Uh, so we now have the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Uh, Andrew Bogut says, joking, yeah? Question mark. What do we think of the new NBL team, the Jack Jumpers, besides their awesome mascot? Um, is this just the filthiest thing to happen in the NBA since Kevin Durant? In the NBA, in the basketball in world? In any NBA league. NBA yes. league since uh, Ty Lawson talked about Chinese women. <laughs> oh, wow. For, for the listeners, what is a jumping jack? Uh, oh, so a jack jumper. A jumping jack. A jack. We do call them jumping jacks for. They are oh, not jumping so jacks. Sorry. These are jack jumpers. They're jack jumpers. It's very different. You're very right. Jack, <laughs> jumping jacks is a better name. It's a fun game that kids can play. Yeah. Jack <laughs> jumper is an ant found predominantly in Tasmania. Predominantly, but not only. I assume there's other places. <laughs> I assume they've jumped their way yeah, to other places. Otherwise, that is so niche <laughs> that only Tasmanians yeah. know of this uh, animal. Um, I'm going to give you a quote from a sport writer. So I actually Please. did. I did sport mention writer. this. A sport writer. One sport Who, writer me? wrote. Because I was on the Raw this week. That know? is true. Oh. Uh, one sport writer wrote, Tasmania's new NBL team is called the Jack Jumpers due to, I can only assume, every other name in the world being taken. <laughs> and for me, that sums it up perfectly. Maybe because of COVID, they don't have time to you know, hire a consultant to be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. What, what name should I get? So they're like, all right, Jack Jumpers. Jump Tasmania's very isolated. I just wanted them to bring back the Hobart Devils. From nostalgia. Oh, devils is such a good like Tasmanian Devils is fantastic. Yeah, has it no, no other sport team? So there's the Tasmanian Tigers in cricket. That's yeah, Hobart Hurricanes. Tigers. Yeah, uh, and then there are no other Tasmanian. They apparently teams, said that there are devil other basketball teams in Tasmania called the Devils, and they didn't want to take their they're team. Not, but I'm not like, professional, correct? Because there's no why... other teams that have the Kings as their names. It's an, it's only the Sydney Kings yes. that have the Kings. We were the, the first to choose that name. That is yes. true. So just for a bit of background, synonymous with Tasmania, the Jack Jumpers will be proud, bold, and fearless. The Jack Jumpers will show that you don't need to be the biggest or the best. Oh, sorry, to be the best <laughs> and to drive fear into your opponent. Opponents. You don't need to be the biggest or the best. You can just be okay. <laughs> Again, yeah. I said it's just the antithesis that a team is named after an ant playing basketball. Like it's, it's, it's just so tas- it's so Tasmanian. It's like we got left off many global maps. So you know what we'll do? We'll make an irrelevant name for our team. So we're forgotten yet again. But can I be honest? The one thing they have done with this is at least there's media attention on the <laughs> yeah. NBL. Like that's if that's true. what they're going yeah, for, well done because. We're actually talking about it, so maybe that's the whole point of this. Yeah. It's not even like a bull ant or a fire ant that, like, kind of like you know, you get fear. Like, I don't want to yeah. come across that. It's yeah. like a, a jack jumper. Yeah, but apparently they do kill people. So what? Yeah, kill people. So one of these guys said, if you've never been bitten by them, they're actually brutal and actually deadly to a small percentage of the population. And yes, they literally jump really high. That's good. Great, great English as well I mean, on that one. Thank you, Anglis Livingston. Look, the Tasmanian education system. There's just so many animals, right? Like, there are just so many in the world. And to think that that was... You had to pick one that was, like, specifically relevant to Tasmania. Look, the bigger <laughs> issue in the NBL, if you want to get onto this, is no, relevance. <laughs> relevance is the biggest issue. So, to your point, this is great free media. Um, I don't know that it helped. I, I, I mean, I'm very interested, to be honest, just by the fact that Tasmania now has an NBL team, that they think there's an appetite in the market for a professional men's basketball team in Tasmania. Yeah. Um, good on them, though. It's an I interesting, mean, good on them, them, like, interesting quest. I guess my point is that no other major sporting league in Australia, unless you consider the Big Bash, which I suppose it is, a major sporting league, has a Tasmanian team. Yes. Right? <laughs> Even, AFL, which is easily the biggest sport in Tasmania, doesn't have a team. To be fair, well, Hawthorne is technically okay, part yeah, Tasmanian. Right, yeah. They play three games there a year. They get a sponsorship deal. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like technically, they are going to be playing in a five thousand seat stadium. They should be able to fill a five thousand seat. There's stadium. not five thousand people in Tasmania. Oh, well, this is, is there? Yeah. It's a Tas- mainland podcast. To our Tasmanian viewers, I yeah. apologise for Harry's. Uh, <laughs> Hit the microphone. That'll that'll teach them yeah. how to yeah. listen to a podcast. I apologise. <laughs> um, no, I, I look. Tasmania is my favourite place in Australia. I'm not denying oh. that. 
And I'm happy to I'm happy to say that I'm more than happy to say that I've been there many I've been there I've been there many times. It's a really good place. Really Wonderful nice people. people. Um, but I just I just think the jumping uh, the jack, jack jumpers. <laughs> God damn, it's just it's too much. Look, there's the Cairns, Taipans, Townsville. You know, also, it doesn't make any Townsville sense. Townsville Crocs. Doesn't make any sense. Here are the Western Sydney Razorbacks. They've got nothing else to do oh, there, mate. The Razorbacks. The Razorbacks. I mean, Bring back the Razorbacks. As far as I know, there are no wild hogs. Well, maybe there are. Running around Western oh, Sydney. Oh, there definitely are. You let's know? let's stop that. No, I was not, there the no, other week. No, they're definitely running around. We are not going yeah. down this path. <laughs> well, my point is, you know, are there... Uh, what are, are they? Adelaide? Are they the 76? Are they the 36? 36s. Sorry. Which also never makes sense. relevance of that? You know, and there's no... I don't think it's Wildcats in Perth. So my point is, they could have gone. They could have gone for any name. I actually think yeah. you guys. Like, if someone said it earlier before we started the pod, yeah, that it's synonymous with the Charlotte Hornets. Like I kind yes. of get that. Like they, that, well, the mascot kind of looks like it. I feel yeah. like they're a team that will never really make an impact. They have some. They have some uh, like billionaire owner. Billionaire owner who used to be good at basketball, but like no one really cares because LeBron's better. And then they'll be like, oh, you know, like isn't that nice? There's a lot of controversial comments coming from you tonight. <laughs> so right. That's a hot. Right, I'm on edge. Lakers are about to win their first championship in in my lifetime since 2010. What? So. <laughs> Harry's only nine years old, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame that it's in the bubble, so you can't do a last dance kind of thing. The entire series would be like, oh, here's the bottom. Yeah. Well, he's playing Madden. He's you know doing what's like eight hours crazy is that we were going to go to the NBA finals if it was if it was happening in June this year if Lakers had made it in. And Life pod. Just really quickly, the Adelaide team was going to be the the Eagles, and they changed yeah. their name to reflect on the history of South Australia's proclamation in 1836. Oh. That's why the, the, the 36. Well, because they're cheating on. Well, they're cheating on the 76s because that's because in Philadelphia, 1776 Declaration of Independence. Oh, okay, Adelaide and Philadelphia uh, much in common. Yeah, yeah. Both, both, both terrible contracts with over, over overpaid players. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, look, there you go. I mean, I, I've been proven wrong. I, I'm not, <laughs> There was, I don't know if there's ever been a king in Sydney, but... Yeah. Um, there used to be also the Newcastle Falcons. Ooh, I do it used to be that. the Hunter Pirates. That was a favourite team. And the Canberra oh, yeah. Cannons. When did, they have the, when did the Singapore Slingers go? At <laughs> <laughs> the same time that Singapore then returned to China. Um, uh, ooh. Ooh, let's, cut, let's cut it wrong right city, there. Wrong city yeah, that's not wrong, mate. <laughs> well, I'm sure at some point Singapore was part of China. Look, no, I don't know. I, I think, think we're so. going to have to do a special like, Patreon is, pod edition. Yeah, this is outside this, the scope of this podcast. We've gone too far, Harry. Yeah. yeah, I just, I feel, Singapore Independence, 1963. If you like, look, if you like you this can. kind of chat, message Harry, we'll create a second yeah. pod. It'll be behind a paywall. It'll be like three bucks a month. You get these really hot takes. Yeah, wow. I was so off. I was definitely thinking of Hong Kong. Wow, I think I'm a racist. Anyway, um, on that note, yeah. on that note uh, thanks so much for joining us. Next episode, we will be speaking about the eventual champions in the NBA, either the Miami Heat or the other team. Um, and we'll speak about, we'll have an end of season, wrap up. Uh, maybe we'll get all five of us to do it. It could be a very exciting bondage mm. experience. We'll need pod. one more yeah. We'll speak more we about have. Singapore's <laughs> independence in, on the 9th of August 1965 from Brittany. Um, and See, the Singapore 65 is, just doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> 36, uh, well, Jaleesa wasn't 69. Let's just be uh, happy with that. Uh, That's it. We're done. Uh, we're done. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to tune in in two weeks on Calling Bank. Did you call Bank?